Hello and welcome back to the Always 10 Minutes or Less Equipoise podcast. Today's episode, The Dilemma Dissected. Two weeks ago, I introduced us to the disability dilemma, millions upon millions of otherwise able-bodied, relatively young Americans being diagnosed and financially compensated as disabled people. It's a dilemma not because disabled people exist, no, that's going to happen anywhere because God's good world is presently deeply marred. Rather, it's a dilemma because there are typically strong feelings and understandably biased approaches toward how to best care for those truly in need, as well as discerning who is and isn't malingering. So when these strong opinions or beliefs clash with each other at the table, it typically stalemates the conversation as colliding beliefs often do, and forces a settlement toward a less than ideal solution for people with disabilities. Last week, we talked about how while malingering definitely exists, and in some counties in much worse numbers than others, one cannot relegate most or even half of all disability claims to mere fraud. Scores of millions of people in our country really are suffering, and the numbers indicate that most people on disability probably would like to have a job that pays well and be able to go to work every day like I do and perhaps you do too. Today, we're going to talk about what to do with the disability dilemma, because thankfully, we live in a nation that's been thoroughly saturated in Christian principles, and we believe in helping those in need, but how? So we're going to try to come to a balanced conclusion, and with it, a right approach towards solving the dilemma before us. First, let's underscore that we really do, or at least should, want to help those with disabilities regardless of cause. I think it's important that we come together on that point because, at least for me, it's much more intuitively open and shut to say, yes, we must help the child born with no limbs, or yes, we must help the person who was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and lost their job, than it is to say, yes, we must help the morbidly obese person who filed a disability claim because his gluttony resulted in a failed musculoskeletal system, pancreas, and heart. So I get it. And while triage will always be a necessary consideration for when resources are limited, I submit to you that regardless of cause, we must never be so bankrupt of compassion that we do not want to move to help in some way. Otherwise, what would you have us do as a nation? In fact, let's make this a little bit more personal. For the rest of this podcast, let's put a giant red button in your hands. This button grants you the ability to approve or deny any and all disability claims. You're the judge now. Thing is, you've got to come face-to-face with every person and learn their story before approving or rejecting their claim. So, when you're faced with the man or woman who, to put it a certain way, brought their disability upon themselves, what will you do? Not help them? Let them suffer? Let them die, even? You can't rewind time and educate or warn them now, so what do you do? Now, you might say, okay, but that's only those who brought it on themselves. That's the minority. The overwhelming majority of cases will be more simple. I'm sorry, but that's just not the case. You should know that the numbers clearly indicate that most disabilities could technically have been prevented with good fitness, healthy posture, and proper eating habits. After all, only about 5% of disability claims are the result of accidents, and only about 10% are the result of cancer, according to the CDC. So even if you, with your red button, granted instant approval to those with cancer or those who have been injured in an accident, you'd still be faced with a large majority of cases with causes that could be convincingly traced to an unhealthy, undisciplined, or uneducated lifestyle or other poor choices on a technical level. And I hope that as a Christian, you'd nonetheless find it hard to simply deny all of those claims, regardless of whatever principles may be in play in your mind. 
So it's my hope that we can come to the same side of the table and agreeing that we can't choose to not help people simply because if they'd only made better choices, they wouldn't need to be on disability, because that's not how compassion works. After all, as Christians, don't we confess that while we were sinners of our own accord, Christ showed us mercy and grace? Should we not be moved to do the same for others? So with this in mind, let's move toward a solution. We agree that we shouldn't discriminate based on the why, so let's focus on the what and the how. In short, where do we go from here? While it might be productive to spend time talking about some practical things we can employ, like better checks and balances, more expeditious processes, and while there's other things we can still do to improve it for generations to come, like prevention by good medical education, there will always be a stubborn part of the system that won't ever go away. The human part. Here's what I mean. The disability dilemma isn't really a disability dilemma. At its root, it's a human condition dilemma. Let me explain that. In short, the system is not ever going to be perfect or work perfectly because there are imperfect people at both the administrative and receiving ends. This means that no matter how many checks and balances we put in the system, there will always be a new way to exploit or take advantage. This also means that no matter how many bad decisions we make, it'll always be easier to condemn others for theirs and say they don't deserve care even when we would probably want it were their shoe on the other foot. Consider the Torah, for example. There were 613 laws, but the Jewish leadership of Jesus' day had become quite adept at finding and teaching ways to live entirely carnal lives by finding loopholes and workarounds, all while still keeping the letter of the law. Furthermore, there's hardly a system that was more merciless and hypocritical than the Judaism of Jesus' day. Some sins were overlooked, but others were seemingly arbitrarily met with a death penalty. No wonder Jesus was so bent out of shape. They'd taken a good thing and essentially made it a tool for sinning. I submit to you that our disability program suffers from some of the same effects today. Like the Torah, it's there for a good cause, to protect people and reflect God's heart toward his beloved people, but here's the reality. There will always be stingy, angry people who don't care about providing for suffering people as much as they do about protecting their wallets. There will always be malingerers who only care about getting a check at the expense of their own integrity and the care of others who truly need it. There will always be government workers and doctors who game the system for their own nefarious and self-justified reasons. There will always be people who callously believe that everyone should just get up and go to work despite their disabilities. Because we will always be human. These attributes are hard-coded into the human condition. Like water, we naturally flow through cracks and along the path of least resistance to act however we want, regardless of rules and laws and canons. If the Torah wasn't ironclad enough for the nation of Israel, then the Social Security Administration isn't going to be ironclad enough either. You will never create a program or set of laws that is immune to corruption or callousness by one actor or another, and you will never create a program that works perfectly. The system isn't perfect because it's run by and utilized by imperfect people. So I say again, the disability dilemma is, at its core, the same as any other dilemma, a human condition dilemma. So, with this in mind, you've got the red button. And before you sits a man who abused his body and now he sits around the house all day collecting a check while watching TV while his wife goes to work to provide for them all because of his poor choices. You turn to see a woman who destroyed her body with drugs, and when given chance after chance to succeed, she only relapses further each time. What do you do? What's the solution? To cut them off? To throw more money their way? I submit to you that among all the practical solutions we could proffer here, which are multitudinous and varied, the ultimate answer for the disability dilemma is the gospel. And that's not sermonizing or bloviating or trying to sound pious. The answer really is the gospel. The gospel makes honest people out of malingerers. That would solve that end. The gospel makes kind and generous people out of calloused, stingy, and angry souls. That would solve that end. 
The gospel makes discerning, compassionate government workers and doctors out of people trying to stretch the system for job security or other selfish motives. That would solve that end. The gospel makes humble people out of arrogant, harsh judges. That would solve that end. The gospel teaches people to live in moderation and take care of their bodies. The gospel teaches people to work hard and provide for themselves and for those who cannot provide for themselves. The gospel teaches that Jesus is king and that we should follow in his steps. How did Jesus treat others? How would he handle this disability dilemma? The gospel is the answer. I say again, the gospel is the answer. Now, I know that sounds overly broad, and although I said I want to provide a solution, I'm not able to give you the exact answers for each and every scenario. Rather, the solution is something that transcends the limitations of each scenario and yet bleeds into each one, pulsing with the heart of Jesus himself. It's the gospel. It must precede and supersede any attempt to fix a human problem. Because otherwise, it's akin to giving ibuprofen to someone with a broken back, helping the symptoms in the short run, but doing nothing to fix the actual problem in the long run. Same thing with the Torah. Paul said the law is not evil, it just wasn't able to transform the heart like the gospel can. The disability program is not a bad thing, it's a good thing, but it's not able to really be the ultimate solution, and it can't fix the problems inerrant within the system itself. For that, you've got to start with the human heart, and to do that, we need the gospel. I hope you'll consider this today, and until next time, stay balanced. Stay balanced.